Welcome to the Empowered with Erica podcast. My name is Erica Vishkalis, and I'm an empowerment coach, mindset mentor, personal development enthusiast, and holistic health advocate. I have spent the last several years healing my mind, body, and soul, and have learned so much along the way. From healing trauma to navigating a sober lifestyle and learning how to step into my personal power, it has been transformational. If you are looking to heal, to be inspired, to uplevel your life, and become the most empowered version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I created this podcast to help you know you are worthy of rewriting your story and to help you navigate your own empowerment journey. You are worthy of living your most authentic, aligned, and inspired life, and I can help you get there. Whether you're diving deep into personal development or just need a weekly pick-me-up, I've got you covered. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I cannot wait to transform together. Let's get empowered. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Empowered with Erica. I'm so excited because this week we have our first guest, my friend Gianna Gomez-Mayo. Do you want to introduce yourself, Gianna, for those of us who do not know you? Yes. So my name is Gianna Gomez. Um, I grew up in Michigan and I moved to the Upper Peninsula for college and that's actually where I met Erica. Mm -hmm. Um, I I received a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and now I live in Northwest Indiana and I work in the utility industry. Uh, Personally, I love food and I love being creative. Um, I also began a fitness journey in 2016 that has led me to not just losing 75 to 85-ish pounds, but I've also developed a huge love for running, and I was able to compete in my first marathon last year. Which is so cool. So we've done an episode in the past about wellness, and I know I think it's always fun hearing about people's different health journeys. So you kicked off a fitness journey a while ago now, several years ago. Can you share like why you started that? What made you decide? Kind of give us that timeline and just where you are now. Okay, so my fitness journey was really a combination of a few key things that kind of all happened around the same time. So I had just started my first career job and it was a pretty active job. I worked in a steel mill, so I wore really heavy clothes. I wore steel toed boots and I was walking around quite a bit. And I found that I was pretty uncomfortable. Like I wasn't out of breath or I didn't feel like I was dying getting from point A to point B, but I definitely felt uncomfortable. Um, I felt uncomfortable in the clothes I had to wear and how I felt when I moved around, all of that. And then while I was going through that, a lot of people that I had been to college with had started their own fitness journeys. And I was seeing that on Facebook, Instagram, just whatever social media was out there, um, all at the same time. So you have that combination kind of starting. And then I really started to think at that point about making a significant change in my life. I didn't necessarily feel bad about myself, but I wanted to just feel better. Um, That's something that for me is I always strive to do things better. It's just a motivator for me. So like I said, I didn't feel bad, but I wanted and I knew that I could feel better. Um, Then the last domino was really a picture. So picture this like you're moving into a brand new apartment. It's your first career job. Your family is helping you move in. What are your parents going to do? They're going to take a ton of pictures, Mm -hmm. Uh, pictures of you moving a box of your empty apartment, everything. And I remember seeing a picture from that move where I'm like standing in the doorway and I'm just leaning around on the doorway, just smiling. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like awful. 
Like, I do not like this picture. Um, I just, I hated it. And I said, I do not want to look like that anymore. Um, I happened to see it and I was just like, nope, this, this is, this is the last thing. This was a domino that kind of sent me over. Um, growing up, I was never like a thin girl. I was a mid-sized queen through and through um, as I was growing up. (laughs) Um, I struggled with shopping for clothes just because even, even now you hear it a lot that anything that's considered plus size may not be cute or that women or men struggle in the dressing room because the clothes may not fit how they want them to. I had the same struggles growing up. Mm -hmm. I felt really uncomfortable in swimwear. I hated shopping for it. It just did not feel good. And like I said, the picture when I moved in was pretty much the last key. I wasn't in anything like revealing or anything that was uncomfortable. I just looked at and said, I don't, this is it. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And that's when I realized that I needed to do something. So I reached out to one of the friends I'd seen on social media that had been through a fitness journey. And I just said, hey, what? wow, you look great. Like, what have you been doing? And that's when I jumped in feet first. That's awesome. And remind me, did you play sports growing up? I feel like, did you play soccer? Yes? No? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, that was really what I hear a lot is, or you hear in general is that people that go through large weight loss journeys, maybe ate a lot of what's considered junk food growing up Mm -hmm. or, um, or they weren't active enough. They just stayed home and watched TV or played video games. And I was actually a really active kid. Um, I played sports. I tried to get outside. Um, I tried to do multiple things because I liked feeling active. I wasn't ever like the best athlete, um, but I always got up out there and tried and was a pretty active person. I would say that I stopped being, excuse me, I stopped being as active when I was in college just because I was so busy. I was working a full-time job and I had a full course load of courses. And then I was involved in extracurricular activities too. So I just didn't care about working out. And because I was on a limited budget, I just ate whatever was cheapest. So I didn't really focus on nutrition or anything like that. And that's when I probably gained the most amount of weight throughout my life is just in that college journey. And then shortly after. Yeah. And honestly, though, that could be a whole nother tangent of just what resources you have available to you because let me tell you like we were saying Gianna and I met in college so we were actually in the same sorority so I saw her grinding at work and class and we went to an engineering school I'm not an engineer but remind me did you get an engineering degree if I remember correctly yeah so that's a that's a lot that's a lot of work that's a lot of course load that's hard to really do anything outside of school so I definitely can relate to that especially being someone that was active and then going to college and just your whole world changing your like activity level changing and you really have to find that like self-motivation that can be difficult I have found um so that's really cool and did you have a specific goal in mind when you got started in your journey yeah Yeah, so I'll be honest, my main goal when I started was just weight loss. I didn't know how much weight I wanted to lose. I wasn't even sure that I could do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't even tell anybody that I had started a journey of trying to lose weight. I kept it a secret because I was really scared that I was going to fail. I just knew that I was unhappy with where I was and I wanted to try to make a change. And that was my sole goal is just change. I think that that could have ended really badly. I think when you make goals and you don't, aren't very specific about them, I think that leads to more failures and positive things. Um, 
But luckily, as I continued my journey, my journey evolved. And then I was able to make more specific goals that allowed me to continue on with it. That's really cool. So did you have a specific program that you started with? Yeah. So when I had reached out to my friend on social media, they happened to be doing a Beachbody program. Um, so Beachbody, if you guys haven't heard of it, is really just at-home workouts. They have everything. If you've ever heard of like Sean T doing insanity workouts to the program that I started with, which was 21 Day Fix. At the time, what I really noticed is that it was really marketed towards primarily women and then primarily women that were trying to get in shape for like their wedding. So Mm -hmm. like the kind of gimmickiness of it was, hey, for 21 days, you follow this, like you'll be in this habit and you can continue and look great on your wedding day. Um, So personally, I don't do well in gyms. I was scared at the time, like I said, that I was going to fail. So I didn't want to waste what I thought would be wasting the money on a gym membership that I wasn't going to use. And honestly, it intimidates me to go to the gym. I don't know how to use a lot of the equipment. Even now, with knowing some things about lifting and equipment and things like that, I still generally gravitate towards like treadmills, um, ellipticals, more cardio equipment. So that just, I didn't think that I would be successful doing that. So that's why I went the at-home route. Um, I also didn't want to pay for like a class at a gym, but I really like the idea of someone telling me, this is what you need to do. You just show up and I'll handle the rest. I thought that that made it a lot easier in my mind to start this journey. Um, So like I said, I started 21 day fix. I did one round of that. So 21 days and I maybe lost five pounds. I don't even think it was five pounds. And then I realized that I was incredibly disappointed. Yeah. I looked at it and like I said, a lot of workout programs, whether it's in the gym or at-home workouts are marketed almost like it's like magic. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to do this and it's going to be successful on the outcome. They don't really document the journey or the struggles. So I remember doing that first round and feeling really disappointed. Um, Social media, that's a huge thing. That's really focused on the beginning and the really happy ending. You never see pictures of someone in the middle of a workout and having to just stop it because they can't do a move. All you see is I started at point A and I got to point B by doing this program. Um, So I struggled a lot with that. And then I developed a sense, like I said, I like a challenge. I like to be better. So I said, okay, well, let me do another one, another 21 days, see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what snowballed into doing, doing more things. I found that Long-term, I didn't like the program, so I started switching to other at-home programs to keep me engaged. Um, And that kind of, like I said, was a catalyst for me continuing the journey and continuing to move forward um, with my journey and evolving those goals into something deeper. So were those those programs other Beachbody programs or just other at-home workouts that you found through, like, other resources? So I did originally just the 21-day fix out Mm -hmm. of Beachbody. And then I did, I found some Jillian Michaels workouts on, I think like Amazon, just like I remember DVDs. that, yeah. And I got, I got those and I like, I'm telling you, I was in love. Like mm-hmm. I loved the motivation of it. I have no idea what it was, but I probably did Jillian Michaels from anywhere from like six months to a year of mm-hmm. just those workouts. Um, and I maybe added like some elliptical or some small stuff in the gym, but it was really like strictly that for the most part. Um, And then after that, I started another Beachbody program. I think it, I think I started Lift 4. 
And what I liked about that program was that it was a mix of lifting and cardio. Mm -hmm. I'm a cardio queen. I absolutely love cardio, whether it's running, uh, treadmill, elliptical, whatever it is, like give me a cardio workout and I'll do it. Lifting workouts, not, not as big my thing. Um, so we're the opposite. So that one was really, yeah, <laughs> we're the exactly opposite. the opposite. Um, so that lift four program was really nice because I've been on the, my, my journey now for, I think like six years. So at that time I was probably like two years in mm -hmm. and all I'd been doing were cardio at home workouts with very minimal, if no weights, maybe a little bit of yoga or Pilates for like stretching. Mm -hmm. So that one was really nice because it was a really big shift. It like mixed things up a little bit for me. And I did that program for a really, really long time. And even now I still go back to it sometimes when I want to lift a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the, the programs I did. A lot of them, if you've ever used Beachbody, are focused mm -hmm. on both nutrition and um, and the fitness. So they do like a pairing. Mm -hmm. They give you like typically like a book or a guide or something of how you should eat on the program, depending on like your weight and all that stuff. I'll clarify, I have zero medical training. I know nothing about nutrition yeah. or anything like that. So I would just follow the programs. I have no idea how backed by science they are or anything like that. But I just said, I don't want to think about it. I'm going to do it and see kind of how, how it goes. And the effect of kind of pairing those two things together worked well for me and allowed me to continue on in the journey that I wanted to have. Absolutely. And that's where, honestly, though, those programs and social media and those types of communities and groups can be very beneficial, even if it's not a perfect science. Because so I got an exercise science degree. It's not what I've specialized in. So at this point, I wouldn't consider myself an expert in nutrition or fitness, even though I've taken nutrition courses. My whole degree is exercise science. But when I got my master's, like I went in more of the sports medicine route. Now we still need to know all these things. But what's good but bad about these programs is, in my opinion, you know, it does teach you how to get into a habit and into a routine. And I think it just makes you more intentional with what you're doing. And it's funny that you say like, oh, I'm not necessarily the most comfortable in the gym or I'm more of a cardio queen where I'm literally the e exact opposite. And sometimes I wonder if it's just like to really get rudimentary here, like what you're exposed to when you're younger, because when you're talking about the Jillian Michaels workouts, all I could think of was my mom when I was growing up, she loved, I don't know if you've heard of Jerry Love, but she does at home workouts. There's like a ton of different DVDs, but they're mostly weightlifting. And yeah, I mean, it's smaller dumbbells, but still like it's a lot of stuff that you would do at a traditional gym that you can do at home. You don't necessarily need a big barbell, but you can still get a really good workout in. But that's what I saw my whole life growing up. And then on top of that, she would like walk and run sometimes. Like for me, when I was in sports, like my high school would make us lift in our gym. So like we were taught some of that stuff and made us more comfortable. But I find it interesting just how some people navigate more towards like maybe running or cycling or cardio or walks versus, you know, high intensity training or group fitness classes. And I remember I've done Insanity. I've done a handful of different Beachbody workouts. And I always liked the ones that were a little more like the hit style, you know, some weights, but the hit style personally. So that's really cool. What would you say? Um, so you were focused on both the exercise and the nutrition. Would you say one was more than the other or pretty combination for the two? So because I had 
<coughs> excuse me, because I had, when I started, no habits. Mm-hmm. So picture someone that is not active, has not been active since they were in high school. And at this point I was 24, mm-hmm. um, 24, 25, no activity. The only activeness I had was being at work. There was no nutrition focus. I didn't grow up really eating a lot of vegetables or things like that. So that wasn't really in my diet. Um, what society would say is like the healthy choices. I wasn't making, I was making very few of those, even fruits. I just didn't eat very many things like that. So when I started, because I was building those habits, I think that for me, it was really 50, 50 because I didn't have a fitness routine. I had nothing and I had no nutrition habits. So I really had to work at both equally in order to make sure that I was continuing to be successful. I think as you build those habits, just naturally, if you're someone that's um, becomes active going to a gym or running or what walking, whatever that activeness is, it becomes a part of your life. And then I think the nutrition kind of takes over a little bit more. It's really easy to go to the gym if you do it every day at three o'clock. If Mm -hmm. that's your routine, it's really easy to go do that. And if you can't do that and you know you like doing that as part of your routine, you'll find a different time to go. But I think it's easier to say, oh, I don't have time today. I'm going to go out for dinner and buy a pizza. And that's what I'm going to have for dinner versus maybe, hey, I really like salads and I'm going to have a salad tonight. So I found that. As my journey went on, I focused more on nutrition and a little bit less on the workouts because those were a given that they were going to happen. Yeah. And I think once you get active and you're working out more consistently, like you feel a difference. I mean, you, you'll feel a difference anyways when you make these shifts, but you really feel a difference when you don't do it. And like you said, you get in this habit and this routine. I know, would you say, I don't want to go too off the cuff because we did talk about a couple things in advance, but... Um, would you say it was difficult to add like fruits and veggies or more produce into your diet when that's not something you grew up with? Were there certain things that you gravitate gravitated towards or certain things that helped you incorporate that more? Would you say? Yeah, I would say nutrition wise, the vegetables were really hard mm-hmm. because I just never enjoyed them. I didn't really have them when I was a kid. So it was really hard for me to eat them or find ways to cook them because I just had no experience there. So if you do, like I said, if you do a beach body program, they lay out the quantities of every type of food group that you have, like that you should have on their, on their routine. So vegetables, carbs, proteins, uh, fruits, they lay that all out for you. So I really had to work to try to meet each of those goals. And that was, I would say the vegetables were the hardest. The fruit's not so bad because I have a sweet tooth, so it was really easy for me to add fruit instead of having something else that had sugar in it. So the the fruits were really easy. I found actually that was kind of surprising. The carbs were really hard. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you talked about growing up and and your mom doing like at-home workouts with like lifting and maybe having that influence on you. Because my parents, when I was growing up, did a lot of low-carb, like, Atkins dieting. Mm. So in my household, they we didn't eat a lot of, like, carbs. Yeah. Um, it's part of our nutrition and diet. I have a Cuban background, so we eat a lot of, like, rice and beans mm-hmm. and things like that. So I had that growing up. And then the other thing that I saw was my parents doing low-carb dieting. So to me, in my mind, I always thought, like, carbs are bad. Yeah. Like, I can't eat carbs. So trying to overcome that mindset was pretty difficult, but... Um, I would say, yeah, definitely vegetables and and carbs were the most difficult. Yes. And just for those of you who don't know, I know there's tons of different diets out there. I'm not here to tell you which one to do, but I will say your body does need carbs. So 
try to not be too scared of them. Now, some people need to do things like keto and it works for them, especially like certain medical conditions. So I'm not here to tell you what to do, but just remember if you did grow up and carbs aren't maybe your thing, that they are necessary and it's not a bad food group. I think in general, a lot of us in society kind of get into the habit of thinking something is bad. And I think anything in moderation is okay. You know, like I have a sweet tooth, so I also do fruit a lot or I've made like my protein like a pudding. And that sounds so silly, but it's like just sweet enough where I get my sweet tooth in. And I have it almost every night. Like, I'm not kidding. I have it every single night, like just a little bit of milk and it makes it like a pudding consistency, which I love. Um, So what would you say has changed for you since you've lost weight physically and mentally, the combination? Because guys, like when you lose weight and when you're on a fitness journey in general, it's not just physical, it's also mental. There's a lot to it. I'm sure we could unpack several different areas with this, but I don't want to go too long of a tangent with y'all so absolutely so much has changed so i'm going to start with the with the positive things and then i'll probably touch on a few of the negative Mm -hmm. things so honestly i'm still on the journey so i feel like i mentioned earlier social media gives you the start and then it gives you like an updated picture of where you are now but what a lot of people don't realize is that the journey is whatever you make it so the journey could be have an end date, the journey could have a number date where you reach a certain weight and you say, okay, I'm done and this is it. Or your journey could be a lifelong thing. Um, So I think personally, even though I've reached kind of where I want to be at physically, I'm still on the journey. Mm -hmm. So when I started, like I said, the goal was really just weight loss. And over the course of the last six years, it really stopped being about weight loss and it became more of a lifestyle. Um, If I go out to eat, and I pick a chicken cob salad off the menu, it isn't because I'm on a quote diet, it's because I feel like eating a chicken cob salad. Yeah. Um, that is something that's been super important to me. I've had a lot of people comment on dieting and I really don't like to put my journey as a diet because mm-hmm. it's overarching, it's my lifestyle. So when just that, that's something that's really hard for me sometimes is when someone comments on, oh, are you on a diet because you're eating a salad? Maybe someone is making a food choice because that's just what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think we do those things because like you just mentioned, I think people classify food as good food or bad food. And to me, I've tried to pick up the habit of saying that food is just food. It just fuels you differently depending on what the type of fuel it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also been able to push my limits fitness wise. So during the first few years of my fitness journey, I started running um, and I was able to set fitness goals for myself in that whole running arena. So at first it was to run a 5k. Um, I couldn't run. I could maybe run 20 feet and then I'd get out of breath and I'd have to stop. And that's with being active and having having lost weight Mm -hmm. at that point. Um, And I wanted to really be able to run three miles without stopping. I didn't care about the time. I just wanted to be able to do it. And then I got bored with, I call that a short distance now because now I'm a longer distance runner. I typically run six to 12 miles pretty, pretty easily to me. It's just a routine. So I got bored with that kind of shorter distance and I tried to run a 10 K, which is like six miles and I couldn't find one. So I just said, okay, well, I guess I'm running a half marathon, which is 13 miles. Casual. And (laughs) 
Yeah, I just said, okay, well, I can't find this race, so I guess this is the this is the next one I have to try to run. Um, so I signed up for my first half marathon, and um, again, my goal was just to be able to finish it. I I had a time goal in mind, but it was kind of a stretch, so I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to run my first mar- half marathon. I was able to run my first half marathon, and then I ran two more after that. And then finally last year, I kind of bit the bullet and signed up for my first marathon and I trained for months. Um, and again, it was really just to complete it. Uh, and I did it and I was so excited um, to do it. It's nice when you, if you are a list maker, it's really nice to have an item on your list and check it off. And that's all of those things to me are like mental checklist items is I signed up to do something and now I'm doing mm-hmm. it. Now I can say that I've done it. Um, and that's helped keep me motivated in my journey is having those like milestone goals. Um, I will also say that through this journey, um, I have more energy. I got to explore a lot more food options, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love to cook. I love to explore things and I've been able to try so many things. I had never had a Brussels sprout until I started this journey. And now nice. I air fry Brussels sprouts like it's going out of style because I love them. I love an air fryer. Um, Can we just shout out air fryers? Yeah. <laughs> They're the best. Yep. Honestly, if you're looking to try any new vegetable, if you are not a vegetable person, try air frying it mm-hmm. because I think it changes it so, so much. Um, but honestly, talking about all the positives it's not all sunshine and rainbows like we all know. <laughs> Everything that has a positive typically has a negative. And I don't want to paint the picture that I started on this journey. I worked out a lot. I ate pretty well. And I lost a bunch of weight. And now I'm as happy as I can be. Um, I will preface this by saying I'm not a medical professional. Like I said before, I've never been diagnosed with anything. And I do want to say this as like a trigger warning that this may potentially involve some triggers Mm -hmm. if someone has like an eating disorders or has struggled with that before. Um, But even now, six years into this journey, I struggle with stepping on a scale. Um, It's really triggering for me to step on a scale because while I was going through weight loss, the scale is really the measure of how well in your mind you're doing. So I remember I would step on the scale and if the scale didn't move, or if the scale went up, I felt like I was doing something wrong. And it's not like, oh, I stepped on the scale and I gained 20 pounds. It's I stepped on the scale and I gained like half a pound. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? Um, And then I would have to sit there and reevaluate what I was eating. Did I eat too much peanut butter this week? Did I have more of this or of that than I should have? Do I need to work out more Mm -hmm. because I'm obviously doing something wrong and the scale isn't going down? And what you'll read a lot now is that a person's weight fluctuates throughout the day. I mean, you it depends completely on when you weigh yourself, what you've eaten, um, if you're hydrated enough. And those are things that I didn't know at the time. Your menstrual cycle. Yeah, like where you are in your cycle, for sure. Yep. So I was seeing this number and it would make me happy or unhappy to the point where, like I said, even now I cannot step on a scale because in my mind, even if I look in the mirror and I'm happy with what I see, if I step on the scale, it's not a number and it's not a number that I'm used to seeing or that I feel comfortable at, Mm -hmm. then I have a very tough time with that. 
And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't think about, um, especially if you've potentially never gained or lost a large amount of weight yeah um is what that scale does to you and how you measure your success on that journey totally and it's like i can't relate to that amount of weight but even just i would say since 2016 i've probably lost about 25 ish pounds total and i've done an okay job of maintaining it i'm someone that fluctuates like i can easily get off track and scales can be so triggering it's like on one hand i like marking my progress so I try to do it maybe once a month you know and I try to keep it around the same time of the month um, same time of the day just to try to eliminate some of those factors but it can be yeah it can be hard like even if it's a pound I'm like oh my god why did I gain a pound and then I'll see well you have more muscle mass Erica like it's obvious and there's a lot to be said for body composition so what your body looks like your amount of muscle versus fat based on just weight and like weight doesn't measure all that you know it's not gonna give you all those details that really do show your health more so sorry a little tangent there (laughs) oh no I completely agree when I was marathon training I probably gained anywhere from like maybe five to 15 pounds when I was marathon training Mm -hmm. heavier than what I've what I've been in years and I was able to run 26 miles and I didn't look like I had gained like that amount of weight. Like if you looked at me, I looked probably pretty much about the same, but you, but I could tell because I know my body and it, it really just depends on what you're doing. Like you said, body composition. And um, that's, that's tough mentally sometimes when you're going through a journey and the journey starts with you just wanting to lose weight. If that is your only goal, it's really hard to wrap your mind around that. For sure. Uh, the, the other thing I really found was that I stay now away from food logging apps. Mm. Uh, Just personally, I find that it's really triggering for me. I found that I was logging my food and a a lot of those apps you either input or it calculates um, a calorie goal depending on what your goals are. So if you want weight loss, it'll put you in in what they determine is a calorie deficit by whatever calculations they have or a surplus if you're looking to gain weight. And, or you can enter typically sometimes your own value and it'll keep you on track and you log all the food that you eat. And then it tells you where you are based on that. You can typically log your workouts, all of that stuff in there. So I found that when I was logging my food, if I went over that calorie limit and I'm not saying like you go over your calorie limit by like a thousand, 2000 calories, like it could be anything as low as like five calories, 10 calories. I found that it would make me feel really, really guilty. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not sticking to my number. I'm not sticking to my goal. The other thing I found is that I felt really guilty if I went over that limit. Um, And it was, it wasn't even like, oh, I went out and I had like a huge slice of like cheesecake, which is traditionally not what you eat when you're trying to do weight loss. It would be like, I ate some strawberries and I went over my limit like, Now I feel incredibly guilty about doing that. Um, I also found that if I chose not to eat something because it would put me over the calorie limit, then um, I would like feel very sad because I couldn't eat what I wanted to eat. And like I said, I'm a foodie. I love Mm -hmm. food. I like being able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And that altogether did not seem mentally healthy for me. 
So now I stay away from those logging apps and just mentally think about what I'm eating and am more intentional about the choices I make versus versus having an application do that for me. I definitely get that. And I and that's what's so funny and what I love talking to you about this because everyone is different. So I have found and it may sound so dumb, but for me personally, when I am tracking macros versus calories, I don't beat myself up as much. And I I can't tell you why. It's just the I think the mindset shift of trying to reach something versus trying to stay under something. And I think that's, I was going to ask you about this actually. So for me, weightlifting, when I'm tracking the amount of weight I'm lifting, I'm focused less on my physical weight, like how much I weigh, because I'm more focused on, oh, I just deadlifted this or I back squatted this. And I get really excited about like hitting those goals, similar to how you were excited about hitting certain times and races. Do you feel like focusing on running certain race amounts or having certain times in your races has helped you stop focusing on the physical weight of your body? Like, do you think that changed anything in your fitness journey at all or accelerated anything? Yeah, I think that it it definitely made me focus on something else. And I still look in the mirror and want to make sure I'm happy with what I see. Mm -hmm. But I also want my body to be able to reach those goals. And sometimes that doesn't go hand in hand. So if like I mentioned, when I was training for my marathon, I gained weight while I was doing that. And I could tell that even if I didn't step on a scale, like my body obviously could not handle training for a marathon mm-hmm. at a lower weight. And if I wanted to meet that goal, then that's what my body had to adjust to do. And I think that now, because I am more intentional in how I eat to be able to fuel appropriately for whatever my goals are, it makes food less of an enemy and makes it more of a tool for me to use to be able to fuel my goals. And I think that's something that people should think about when they're looking at their journeys is if you have specific fitness goals, um, maybe not just tied to weight loss, if you find something you really like to do, and it, it doesn't have to be running marathons, it doesn't have to be weightlifting, it could just be going on a 20 minute walk every day. Mm-hmm. If you need certain fuel to be able to do that and feeling comfortable and using both of those things together, I think it'll make the journey a lot happier. Yeah, I definitely have noticed. So I personally don't have a weight goal. I have a weight in mind that I feel pretty healthy at. Sure, I'm probably someone that you could say, oh, you could lose 10 more pounds or 20 more pounds or whatever. I'm sure maybe that's possible. But for me, I've been focusing on like, am I able to do the activities I enjoy doing? So one of my goals is can I go on pretty much any hike that I want to go hike and be able to do it without dying? That doesn't mean it won't be hard. Like certain hikes, like, yeah, they kick my ass, but I can do them and I have fun and I'm not like completely not able to complete it or paddleboarding. Like paddleboarding, it's funny because a lot of people think it's easy, but it takes a lot of core strength and balance and it's like a pretty good full body workout. So being able to go do that for a day is important to me and it may sound silly, But that's been my focus. And of course, like with social media and TikTok and all these different things now, like you can compare yourself so much. And I definitely get in that trap. And I've noticed for myself, like working with athletes, that can be hard because I'm not seeing the general population every day. I am surrounded by a very specific group of people that, let's be honest, are in much better shape than the general average American public right? When you go to a normal job. And 
if I wasn't lying, like that's kind of fucked with my brain a little bit because I'm constantly around people that are ripped all the time. And that's awesome. But I'm like, that's not the normal, right? Like that's not the normal. So I've had to take a step back and realize like, Erica, like you're doing okay. And sure, I could increase cardio or increase my Stairmaster or do more HIIT workouts. But like, I feel pretty good. And I think knowing yourself and being able to be in tune to that like mind body connection of am I am I feeling good because I think feeling good is a lot to it like I've noticed a lot of times when people lose weight or not even necessarily lose weight but just like get more active or are eating better they'll tell me how much better they feel which kind of goes into my next question what are your thoughts on the body positivity movement do you think it can kind of restrict people from maybe starting their own fitness or healthy living journeys or that it can pe- like keep people stuck? Or do you think like it's this great thing that we should keep going with? Because I think that there's definitely pluses and minuses to everything. So like personally, might be a little controversial, but I think there's good and bad to any movement like this. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on someone who's like had a massive change. Like your physical change has been much larger than mine and it's really impressive and really awesome. But what are your thoughts on that? I have a very large love hate relationship <laughs> with a positive body positivity Same. movement. Same. Um, I think it can be a really good thing and a motivator for someone that's struggling to feel good in their own skin but I also think that it can be a really big negative. Mm -hmm. I've had people look at my journey and tell me that I'm not body positive or that I'm conforming to society standards. And I think that that's unfair and they use the body positivity movement as a reason for that. Um, Personally, I made a choice of what I wanted my life to look like and what I wanted my body to look like. And I think that that should be respected whether you agree agree with the change or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have had incidents where people use the body positivity movement as an excuse. So they look at someone going through a fitness journey and they'll say, well, it's actually like, I couldn't do it. It's too difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to be body positive. And I think that you're looking at that movement in the wrong way. I think the movement is really about feeling comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. and to me that says that you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, but you're using this as a guise to try to tell people that you are. Um, And I think, like I said, I think that's unfair for the people that are legitimately using a movement like this to really work on themselves and feel comfortable in the way that they look. Um, So I personally try to focus more on body neutrality. I found that growing up Um, And into my adulthood, I really hated when people would comment on my body, whether it was positive, positive or negative. It didn't matter if you think about it from the outside looking in, like if it's if you see it as a positive change. So a lot of people would say that my weight loss is a positive thing. Um, If you encountered someone that had a similar or maybe even less weight loss and you said to them, hey, you look so good. Like, what have you been doing? To that person, you're saying, you didn't look good before. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Because I want to do that now. And you don't know what things they may be going with. That weight loss may or may not have been intentional. Maybe they feel happier at the bigger weight Mm -hmm. or the larger number on the scale. That's what they feel comfortable with. And that's what you're enjoying, what they enjoy. And you're reinforcing the idea that they didn't look good at that number. And then if someone doesn't lose weight because they're happy at whatever weight that they are, you're telling them that that's wrong and they shouldn't feel that way. 
So I really like the idea of being body neutral and essentially just minding your own business when it comes to fitness, health, and your body. Um, I think that that goes a lot longer. And if someone wants to approach you or ask you questions or things like that about what you're doing health-wise or, or things like that, I think that's different and more than welcome to comment on that. Um, I've had people ask me things like that. Um, I just don't want someone to comment on my body or someone else's because all of our journeys are different. And realistically, like no one wants their body commented on, whether positive or negative. Like I know for me, you know, my, like I said, my journey's kind of been a roller coaster. So sometimes I'm like five pounds heavier than I was before. And especially for me, I can feel it in my face specifically. That might sound weird, but I like will notice if I gain a little weight, I'll gain it in my face. And honestly, like it can be really hard or I don't know about you, but like growing up, like I had so many negative things said about my body. And then when I was really active, like I'm the very stereotypical, like was called fat when I wasn't fat. And then I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I hated my body when it looked like that. Like I, that makes my heart sad, but it's true. And that really like has made me be hyper aware of when people comment and they may mean it in a nice way. Like, and I appreciate it. And there's certain things like I get excited about with myself. Like if I'm seeing a little more ab definition, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and it's like, I'm excited, but also I've come to know like this usually is an indicator that I've been taking care of myself and that I'm feeling good. Like I really try to focus on the, how am I feeling? How am I sleeping? Do I have good energy? Like, do I just feel good? And especially with nutrition, I've noticed if I'm not eating well, like I'll feel sluggish. Even if I haven't gained any weight, like I'll feel sluggish. So I love that body neutrality. I feel like I haven't really listened to much about that or heard much about it. Just, I always hear about the body positivity, which I never want anyone to like dislike themselves. Of course we want everyone to be comfortable with themselves, but that movement at times I think can be really negative to others in a different way and also I have found which might sound might also sound silly to some people like almost like skinny shaming you know like some people are naturally very thin and you know that's just their that's their normal and then they can be shamed in that regard and that's you know that's not fair either as someone who maybe is in the opposite end and that's it's just life like no one wants their body commented on so I do love that concept of body neutrality and that's something I have to work on even with my own self-talk like to myself you know what I'm saying yeah I'll add to that for me I tend to be very stubborn Mm -hmm. so the more that someone tells me I need to do something whether it's for my health mental physical um, whether it's for my career whatever it is I tend to be really stubborn and I don't like to be pushed in in those directions. So if you see someone and you really think that they're being unhealthy, maybe because they weigh more than what you think they should and you comment on it, you making those comments sometimes won't do anything. I mean, I grew up hearing comments that maybe I shouldn't eat this or that, or maybe I weighed more than I should. And that just made me more stubborn Mm -hmm. to not want to do that because I said, 
I don't want to listen to you because you're making me feel bad. That's another reason why I really support the body neutrality thing, because I think it allows someone to really think about the journey that they want to have without an outsider's input and really determine what's going to work best for them. Yeah. And I mean, even right now, so as a lot of y'all know, and as you know, Gianna, I did the 75 hard in the past and I had a great experience with it. Um, I really liked it and I didn't do it for weight loss. I honestly did it because my life had just been a mess and I needed something else to focus on, right? Somewhere else to put my attention and kind of that discipline. And through that, I got a lot more active and I was a lot more disciplined with my nutrition. And so, yeah, I did lose weight and I felt really good. But now today, like I restarted it and then I failed because I got sick and I chose to not restart it because I was like, I want to see if I can have the discipline to do the habits that I know make me feel good without a program. You know, like can I like that concept of making it a lifestyle, because if you only succeed when you're doing a program, that's going to kind of set you up for failure, in my opinion, because you can't I mean, I don't want to say you can't, but it's difficult to always be doing like a quote program and just making it your routine is so important. And it's funny because now I am at almost the same exact weight as I was at the end of my 75 hard phase one, which is when a lot of people were like commenting on how great I looked and this and that. And it was really nice. Like I appreciated it. But even now I would say my body composition is maybe a little different, but not too much. I'm like maybe a couple pounds different, but not much, like pretty much the same, but I'm much more balanced and I'm not as stressed and I'm not as hyper-focused and I'm able to focus on oh, I want to go paddleboarding and I'm physically capable of doing that. Or, oh, I went to a birthday party and I had a small slice of cake and I'm not beating myself up over it and I'm not feeling guilty. And having that neutrality to food of, you know, it's fuel. It makes me feel good. It helps me do what I want, helps me feel my best. But at the same note, like I'm allowed to have the chocolate or have the whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I really like that. Would you say that you have ever felt like you've gone, quote, too far or that you've gotten like too into your fitness journey? Yeah, I would say when I was logging my food, I got too into Mm -hmm. it because like I said, I think that's when it really started to mentally affect me more deeply than just looking at a number and being unhappy with it and going back and trying harder. Like I said, it, it really was triggering for me to the point where it changed my moods, whether I was happy, sad, Mm -hmm. guilty, not guilty, um, based on what that screen was saying. And I I would say that that was definitely when I would go too far. And I learned from that was able to take a step back and like reform my journey. Um, I've also heard feedback from people in the past, probably maybe three years into the journey, I would say. So kind of in the middle where I came off, I guess, as preachy. So essentially giving unsolicited advice if someone would comment like, oh, I keep working out and I haven't lost weight and taking that like they were asking me, like, Mm -hmm. what should I do? What should I change? Um, and then I've taken that feedback and that's one of the reasons I feel so strongly about body neutrality is because I got that feedback and I realized how negatively that was impacting other people that were on their own journeys and I didn't want to do that to them anymore. So that's when I would say those two things have have probably been a little bit too far. And I'm, like I said, I reformed my journey to try to continue to be better about that. Which is awesome. And that's where social media and like just the communities, the healthy living communities can be so good, but also can be harmful because not everyone's asking for advice. And often we forget that. So I know I have focused on, because I know some people have thought I've been preachy and it definitely was never intentional, right? So I've been focusing more on just sharing like what I'm doing and 
take take what you want, leave what you want, agree with me, disagree with me. I don't really care. This one I'm doing and what it's what works for me. It's what's made me happy. But yeah, I can definitely see how that can be. And for those who struggle, I don't know if you've read this book, what helped me a lot because I never had any sort of diagnosed um, eating disorder. So trigger warning for eating disorders. I've never had any diagnosed um, eating disorder, but I've definitely had disordered habits. Um, like when I was younger, I definitely restricted more than I should have. Like I remember in middle school, I like threw away half of my sandwich so that my mom would think that I ate my whole sandwich, like little things, but not, not good, not good. And like just not good habits that I picked up or I really, especially in college, um, I got into like emotional eating. Like when I was upset, I would eat. And I would say that's for me, what kind of also, um, started, my struggle with like alcohol was I would, if I wasn't eating, I would drink or something like that. Like I was just very much emotionally tied to different things to try to cover up whatever I was going through at the time. So if you have not heard of Hungry for Happiness by Samantha Skelly, and she does a lot of breathwork stuff now too, but she is great for looking at food as like neutral. And she just shares her journey with like binge eating disorder and how it's helped her. And like I said, I've never like been diagnosed with binge eating disorder or anything like that, but even not having that struggle, it helped me a lot. So, and I have a couple friends who have read the book and really liked it. So I would check that out for anyone listening or even you, Gianna, if, you know, it interests you, but yeah. what would you tell someone who is on a similar journey, whether there's someone that is the person that just had a picture that they looked at and they're like, Oh God, this is, I'm, I'm not happy that I'm looking at this picture right now. Or someone that's maybe a couple years in, Maybe they're at a plateau or they're not where they want to be. What is your advice? I would say the first thing you have to do is figure out what your end goal of that journey is. Mm -hmm. So if your journey is to build a lifestyle of habits, I think that that journey looks different uh, versus a journey where you're trying to look a certain way for an event that you have coming Mm up. Um, So to me, if you're looking for a lifestyle change, I think you need an excuse this metaphor, but it really is a marathon. So you are looking at it like you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to be reforming habits. There's going to be days where you may not stick with eating everything that you thought you were going to do, but that's okay because that's your life. I mean, like I said, life has good things, has bad things. I think when you're looking at it as more of like an event journey, I think that you need to kind of wrap your head around the fact that you may hear comments that you may not be happy with, whether it's, oh my gosh, you look so good. And then after the event, maybe if you were on a weight loss journey for an event, after the event, you go back to eating maybe whatever it is that you want to, good, bad, whatever it is, and you gain some of that weight back and people comment on that and just really feel empowered with your own journey and really take that within yourself to continue to grow. Um, For me, like I said, my journey to me has become more of my lifestyle. So that's what I'm trying to continue on and just having those milestones along the way. And that's helped me continue to feel good about my life and the choices that I'm making. If my journey had been event-based, I think that I would be struggling um, personally, just based on my personality. Mm -hmm. I would probably yo-yo a lot more. And I tend to really take in the comments of other people and maybe not to the degree where they change my moods or things like that, but they impact sometimes the decisions I make and me switching to being more on a lifestyle journey makes it so 
their voices don't have the same impact on me and that also helps me continue to continue my journey and move it forward um for those that have reached their goals um i want to applaud you because you made a goal and you got to it and i think that that's fantastic whether your goal is to have a routine every morning and fulfill it or if your goal is to run ultra marathons i mean i think that that's really commendable and i would like to take the time to congratulate you guys on reaching whatever goals that you have and continue to set goals for your life to to make yourself better. Absolutely. I love that. And I will say, guys, it's so important that whether it's for an event or a lifestyle that you're doing it for yourself. It's so important that when you're starting a journey that you're whatever it is, if it's a sobriety journey, a health journey, whatever it is, doing it for yourself and not for other people is going to help you to sustain that and actually potentially hit your goals or even just like have that motivation to get started. So even if right now you are literally just getting started, congratulations, because that step to decide can be really difficult and can take people a long time to get there. So I love that. Are you training for anything specific right now? Or I know it's a lifestyle, but do you have any, you know, fitness goals or anything that you are working towards? So when I was marathon training, I was running anywhere from like 30 to 40 miles a week. So I got, I won't say burnt out because Mm -hmm. I I still love running, but it become, it became a lot. So this year I really want to try to focus on finding that like true joy in running again. So I'm trying to cap my runs at like my long runs around 10 to 13 miles at most and not even doing that every Mm -hmm. week. So my goal, I think this year is really to just improve my half marathon time. I still have to sign up for it on my to-do list, a marathon, a half marathon in the fall. Um, That's just local and just for fun. Like I said, that's my goal this year is really finding that love again for for running to help keep me motivated because I really do love it so much. Very cool. Very cool. And I want to touch on this really quick because I know you've started some other ventures. And that's something I will say, guys, that when you get into a journey and you hit some goals, it really motivates you to continue to expand yourself and allow you to start other projects. So I know you have started some other exciting projects. Do you want to share those with us? Yeah. So they're actually semi tied to this fitness journey. So when I started my fitness journey, like I said, I have a really big sweet tooth and, um, like crazy sweet tooth. I love desserts. Um, and I started baking because I had so much free time. Um, and then I would take those desserts to the mills where I worked, but because I was on this fitness journey, I would not eat the desserts. So I made these guys try my desserts. So for years I would bake them and and bring them into, into the mills. And, um, I continue to do that over time. And then recently, as I've become more comfortable with food, I found that I can do it more. And I started a cupcake business. So I've been, um, creating custom cupcakes and, uh, just having fun with that, trying new recipes and actually finding the joy in like eating desserts without feeling guilty about it and being able to create something special for someone's event or party or even if they just have a sweet tooth one day and just want a custom order. So those are some things that I've been doing lately that have really helped me find more joy again in food because I love food and have helped progress my fitness journey because it allows me, it gives me some food freedom that I didn't have before. I went from making something and I couldn't even taste a chocolate chip and a chocolate chip cookie because I was scared I would go crazy Mm -hmm. to making custom desserts for people that are crazy flavors and having me taste test them to make sure that they're the flavors that I want. I love that. And that is so cool, especially because I think often people think, oh, 
I'm healthy now. I can't eat dessert or I'm on this journey. I can't do this or that. And that's so not true. So that is so exciting. If someone wanted to order, pimp yourself out, where do we find you? What do we do? So if you live in the Northwest Indiana area, so anyone near Chicago, uh, Southwest Michigan, you can find me on Instagram at, at bbcakes underscore NWI and also on Facebook. Um, so it's at bb, bb cakes <laughs> at NW, underscore NWI. Don't worry, guys. I will put all this in the show notes. And I'm so excited that we were able to do this today. Thank you for coming on, sharing your journey. I'm sure you're going to motivate so many people. It's been so fun. And I want to say thank you because you are someone that has encouraged me to do this and to start a podcast. And I know you're a listener and I just so appreciate you. It's been so much fun. And I'm so glad that we've been, you know, keeping in touch over the years. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And I'm glad that we were able to do that. And I'm glad you were able to come on today. I'm sure we'll probably have to have you back again because the amount of topics I was like, oh, we could go into a tangent on just this. that I think would be fun. We'll probably have to do this again sometime. But thank you for stopping by. I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Well, thank you for having me and keep encouraging people to be queens and kings in their own life. Exactly. We are here to empower you all. So with that, we will wrap up for the day. And thank you all for listening. And I cannot wait to see you guys soon. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for taking the time to be a part of our community. Don't forget to check the show notes for resources that I shared in today's episode. And of course, to connect with me on social. You can find me at Instagram at erica.vishkalis. You can also find me on Facebook at Erica Vishkalis. I always love hearing from you. So leave a comment, leave a review, shoot me a DM. Let me know what you loved and what you want to hear more about. And don't forget to tag me if you share the episode with your friends or with your family or on your story. If you want to hear more empowering content, then make sure to hit subscribe and hit the notification bell so you know when our next episode drops. I cannot wait to share more with you. I will see you next week and don't forget to stay empowered.